Good morning, everybody. Here we are, um, joined uh, FPL Lens here. Gabe joining you guys um, sans mariner this morning, but avec mon ami Surya. How are you this morning, Surya? I'm good, Gabe. Uh, it's it's not nice to see only two of us, not three of us. It's been lightly strained, but then yeah, uh, once again, glad to be here and uh, looking forward to another exciting uh, show with you. So it's just going to be two of us fighting over bonds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we will certainly get to that, yeah. my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, here we are. We are we are sailing sailing solo without our without our captain this week as he moves houses. Um, so he's shown us photos looking all uh, very nice. Um, but we are gonna go just jump right into it here. Um, you are watching, of course. Um, Net that hall. We are we are net that hall with um, at FPL Mariner, um, at FPL Nima, and at Hebo underscore FPL, and myself at FPL Lens. Um, of course, joined by all at all about FPL, and I am kind of like dr sailing the ship solo today. So I'm trying to figure out some of the tech. Mariner, of course, gave me a crash course, um, <laughs> but uh, this. Practice makes perfect, I think, is what they say, right? So this is my first time actually using it. I haven't tested it, but let's get things going. So as promised, when we did, when we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, um, find us on YouTube, net that hall. Uh, we donated a hundred dollars to the Heart Fund, the HeartFund.eu. This was um, kind of inspired by uh, Christian Eriksen's unfortunate episode at the Euros this summer. So. Um, Please spread the word. We we do love you know giving something from from our pockets. Um, <clears throat> it costs us something, costs you nothing, and we all have fun doing it for a good cause. Let's hit that two thousand subscribers so we get to the uh, the next uh, donation. Now, of course, just to mention our mini league, we do have a mini league. The code is FG1XNB. That's FG1XNB, and we have some nice prizes for uh, for winners of the of the mini league. The first prize is a box from um, at shirt loot box, um, or or a shirt, right? A box from at from at shirt loot box with a nice jersey in there. Second prize is at FPL underscore obsessed book. Um, this is Matt Whelan. Has offered um, generously offered us a book for second prize. The book's name is the the title is at a, is uh, FPL obsessed. Um, also available in Kindle version. Look it up. If you don't win, go buy the book on your own. It's not that expensive. It's a really good book. Um, and then lastly, the third prize for the uh, for the mini league is a one year subscription to Fantasy Football Fix. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with Fantasy Football Fix. They do have some great tools, and actually, we'll be showing you uh, one of their their tools today. So, um, so yeah, moving on here. I, I, oh, I, I don't know how this got in there, uh, Surya. I think you wanted you wanted to troll me. I, I have to uh, I have to apologize here. I don't know what the, who is this, Surya? Can you tell us please a little bit about this gentleman? For for you know for the podcast listeners that don't have the benefit. Of this beautiful face, actually, it looks like a uh, Harry at FPL Tips. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm gonna stick with the, the that version of your answer. It's I'm not gonna answer the, the right. Okay. <laughs> All right, then we will move on from. Uh, it's it's not Harry, of course. It is uh, Surya's friend, 
<laughs> Only Surya's friend, not my friend. This is Harvey Barnes, everybody. Just coming yeah. to troll Surya a little bit. Yeah. He will be he will be tro trolling Surya most uh, most games yeah. this season, I think. <laughs> um, and here we go. The philosophy of the week. Um, so the philosophy of the week, uh, it's a little bit of a rebrand on the philosophy of the week. <laughs> this is the FPL philosophy of the week. And it comes from a, a quote from a, a song from one of my favorite musicians, uh, Tom Waits. Um, and the quote goes as follows. The piano has been drinking, not me. And the idea is you have this piano player, right? Um, the, the piano player at a bar and the piano towards the end of the night, the, the piano playing starts getting sloppy, Surya, right? And, and then the piano player playing the piano. So why, why, why this quote comes to mind for me this week in FPL is we now have two game weeks um, to like two data points to kind of evaluate our, our process, I guess, in the preseason. And having two, two data points, I think, um, gives us a little bit. Obviously, it's it's a very small sample size, and we can't make too many draw too many conclusions from it initially. But I think we can begin to see holes in our initial reasoning and preseason. Um, the piano has not been drinking. We've been drinking. We've made our teams. The teams did not make themselves. So it's just kind of a a wake up, a reminder to be self critical. Look at your teams and realize hey, an example um, is, for example, Hibble realized that starting with Wendia was a mistake. Um, quickly, so he quickly made that change, made the change to Ben, ben Rahma. Um, and I will try to pronounce that name uh, correctly in Ben Rahma. Uh, if I get tired of, of making the effort, I might just call him Benny. Um, so your piano has not been drinking. You've been drinking. Nima's been drinking. Um, so yeah, that's the philosophy of the week. Now, just to say hello to some, some people in the chat now as people are joining us here, we have uh, Tavinja Raj. Let's all watch that hall rather than watch Ranieri look like explain UCL format. I agree. Well done. Uh, we have FPL Rubber Ducky in the house. Ra Ramanathan uh, says hello to everybody. FPL underscore Sav. Sean Jackson, a.k.a. Hibbo, says hi, folks. He's still cleaning the floor. No questions asked there. We have Donnie FPL that says good day to us, Surya. Um, Jamie Baker, of course. My friend Dredd, uh, I've had the chance to speak with Dredd on the Twitter spaces at the, uh, at the FPL Crow's Nest last week. It was great fun meeting him and speaking with him. And we have uh, Gravy Dave here. Um, what's up, Gravy? Uh, I believe that's Grady uh, from, from Twitter there. We have Rob A., uh, and we have the Blue Danube guy, of course, uh, joining us, as he always does. So, trucking right along here. The next section um, we have is the matchups. I, I kind of placed it really simply here, black and white for people to see. Um, the FPL matchups this week, the article should be post posted probably this afternoon, my time. So I am in mountain time, or it's the same as Pacific time these days. So the first thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at a matchup, the matchup of Wolves and Manchester United. I thought that was a kind of interesting. Um, and what we usually sticks out in preseason is, for, for me, is 
are we are we still holding on to kind of previous conceptions of teams and expecting certain things um, when things are actually going a different way? And then I thought, you know, I couldn't avoid the captaincy discussion this week. Um, I, I chose to center it around Antonio, Bruno, and Son. Although the the Son one, I was a little disappointed in, is that there's not not many outliers in that matchup, but we will take a look in uh, in due time here. Um, before we get to the matchups, just really quickly for everyone, sorry, I think people are wondering how we did this week. Um, this is, so I, I think I skipped over this part because when I'm listening to podcasts, for me, this is the, the least interesting part of a podcast when, when they talk about their own teams. But let, let's fly through it for those people that, that feel differently to, to me. Yeah, I um, think uh, it's been a not so great start for me, but then that's expected. I always tend to start slow. Uh, uh, the matter of going Tooney, uh, Barnes actually killed me uh, because I didn't have the uh, West Ham duo. I ended up with 68 points, which is decent, but not that great. So, yeah, so far, so far decent. No, nothing not uh, uh, too great, like uh, how Nima and Mariner have been doing, uh, I think, 198 points. But then, yeah, it's a long season ahead. So, let's keep uh, rolling the dice. Okay, yeah. How did yours go? Well, good, good. Um, yeah, I had, I, you know, no complaints about, well, one complaint about my game week, but, uh, but 80 points, super solid. I, I couldn't, I could not be happier. I had never expected this good a start. Um, so I'm on, I'm on 192 points, about 35k after two game weeks, which, which feels really good. My one complaint about this game week is, is the friggin' pe- uh, penalty that Dele Alli t- took from Son. Yeah. Because I, I, I bet on, on Son over Greenwood. And, yeah. and they're like they were like neck and neck until Delali stepped in. Um, yeah, I think the moment I saw Delali pick up the uh, ball for, to, for the penalty, uh, the first person that came to my mind was you because I remember you going <laughs> <laughs> heavy on the midfield, and then I was like, okay, that's some company because I went uh, Barnes over Greenwood, and that hasn't that has horribly gone wrong. So so yeah, they got uh, company and each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're in a little bit of the same boat there um all right cool moving on to the the matchups then if i can get back there we go um here wolves versus manchester united so what, what i did with wolves versus manchester united this is like almost purely a statistical um a statistical analysis of, of the matchup i think there's there's a lot of flux with with both teams um there are you know players haven't sancho hasn't played yet um, Wolves are doing some kind of interesting things, different things. They're they're a team that's changing. So I'm going to start with the Manchester, and and I and I focus this matchup on the on the attack uh, more than the defense. The defense I, I use just as a counterpoint to the attack here. So um, when we're talking about Manchester United attack versus Wolves defense, Manchester United has the uh, the fourth most shots on target with 11 against Wolves' third most shots on target conceded, also with 11. I think this is a nice little matchup for Manchester United to exploit. If they can get that ball into the box, um, they I think they, they could see some, some, some positive results here. And I'll explain later when I go into the captaincy, when I talk about Bruno, exactly how Manchester United get the ball into the box from a tactical perspective. So there are, I, I have some, some heat maps and stuff for that a little bit later on. But for now, I'm just going to run through the stats. The next stat I have here is Manchester United created the most chances from the center, 16. Wolves conceded more chances from the center, 7, than the right and the left combined, 6. Now, this I had to massage this stat a little bit because I mean, if you if you look deeper 
here, you can look at it and say, wow, Wolves have only conceded 13 chances all season. And that's that's good for, like, top third. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's they while they are more more vulnerable through the through the center. It's not like they concede a flurry of chances through the center. But if something does open up, that's where it most likely will open up. Um, given that matchup there. Um, secondly, just from Wolves' defense, um, the the goalkeeper Shah he has the second most parries to opposition. Three parries to the opposition in two games. Honestly, it's not good. Um, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but a parry, if, if you think about a parry to the opposition, that's basically giving the opposition an extra touch or two in the box, perhaps an extra shot in the box. Um, and, and you're looking at an extra one and a half on average per game so far in the first two games. Um, so you want to see better from that. This is if um, when when Shah got signed, and, and I don't have the stats, I didn't bring, bring up these stats, but when Shah got signed, I went on to FB Ref and checked him out. He's not very good. <laughs> Sha, I think he's he's a little bit of a liability, um, and and certainly I think he's a downgrade from Patricio, in my personal opinion. Um, the last stat I have here is Wolves have uh, an expected goals conceded of one point nine three, but they have an expected goals on target. Uh, I'm missing a C there. Expected goals on target conceded of two point eight. So that's nearly that's nearly a um, one xg added to shots when on target. Now they maybe they faced you know extremely clinical opposition, um, or 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 maybe maybe their defense is just um, makes it easier when 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 the shot is on target, or maybe the goalkeeper and this is this is my theory the goalkeeper is so poor that uh, that it, that it just adds xg to to the shot when on target. Surya, any yeah. thought about Manchester United attack? Or Wolves defense. Yeah, actually, I had to uh, had a few points about uh, Jesse Sa because uh, he was a busy man against Spurs because uh, uh, there's a lot of chances, there's a lot of uh, double triple shots that uh, Spurs were uh, shooting at the Wolves, Wolves goal, and uh, there was I think he did a decent enough uh, effort in a lot of times. But then, of course, the likes of Bruno, Greenwood, uh, all of these guys love to shoot. And uh, as you rightly parried, having uh, pointed out, ha- having parries of three in the first two games, it just doesn't bode well for a, a team that's going to face uh, um, Man United. And of course, Bruno loves to shoot from, especially from outside the box. So I think it's it's going to be it's it should make a good case for Bruno as a, a captaincy choice. And of course, he's not a Rui Patricio figure, and I totally agree with. That, with the fact that he's still wobbly in terms of uh, his presence in the goal line. And uh, uh, maybe we could see one or two mistakes which United would love to capitalize on. Yeah, so I think that's uh, from what I've seen from the numbers and as well as uh, my own perspective of watching the game. I think uh, uh, United attack will uh, look to uh, shoot few from, from long ranges, take those half chances and uh, uh, try to test this... Uh, patience and his uh, skill set, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, so, it's, I, I could see it going well for Bruno if those yeah. chance, chances in the center materialize, right? And and, and I, Bruno is, I think, if I don't go Bruno, he'll be obviously the player I'm most afraid of if I, if I don't captain him. However, it could all, I, I could also see it, so I think it could go well for Bruno if the, um, and I'll explain this later as well, if Greenwood is able to 
pull the back three away from the midfield too. But Ruben Neves has had, I'm, he started out playing really, really well this season. He's had a lot of interceptions, he's like just defensively covering ground. And if they, if Ruben Neves can just stick on, on Bruno and force him side to side, kind of in a similar way to what, what the uh, Southampton defensive midfielders did, did to Bruno in the last match, if that if that comes to fruition, then Bruno's going to have a hard time here because yeah. because of the, the there's a reason why Wolves don't concede many chances, and I think it's because of Bruno Lage has this team playing in a very stifling way, where where the midfielders they're they're very active, right? Um, so if they're successful in doing that, then I think that could limit Bruno and United will be looking for maybe like a, a quick counterattack goal from from one of the faster players. Yeah. I think, as you mentioned, counter-attack, I think what you made the case for uh, Wolves' attack versus United defense also comes into picture. Uh, I think without uh, McTominay, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, mispasses in the midfield. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, interceptions that being going to made because Fred is not that comfortable. He looked pretty awful against Southampton. There's lo- lots of uh, balls that United lost in the midfield. And uh, Wolves have been playing around uh, Adama. In fact, and I think, except for his shooting, I think everything that guy gets it right because he is, uh, he missed so many chances against uh, Spurs. And in fact, it should have been a Wolves victory, I think, both the games. And uh, I'm not sure how they ended up losing both of it. So, mm-hmm. and with Pace, I think he could definitely trouble both, uh, of course, Maguire and Baran should start. And that's the, that's a very strong centre-back pairing. But look, Wolves can hit United on the counter. Just take how United will look to hit Wolves on the counter. So... I think it's going to be, uh, it, it's also, as, as someone pointed out, it's going to be a good battle between uh, Van Veska and uh, Traore. Uh, Veska has folded his uh, uh, fort against some of the best attackers, including Sterling. And in, in, in every big game that he comes up, he holds his, holds his strengths against in one-on-ones. Uh, so he's no Tanganga, but then, yeah, there's something that Wolves will look to exploit as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Van Veska gives up a penalty. In this one, to, to try yeah, he's, he's a very smart uh, operator. I think he he does his tackles good, but then he knows uh, how to not concede a penalty. I don't. I haven't seen him quite a lot being a United fan. Concede a lot of penalties. He's not not a Serge Aurier, definitely. No, <laughs> so, that, then, that's true. <laughs> but that's then, yeah, true. you you could expect you might there might be a chance there as well. Yeah, so you never know. But that that's definitely an exciting matchup between. Uh, uh, Traore and uh, Bissaka, especially sure. he's being linked to Spurs now, so he looked to look to do one or two against the big team. So you never know; it's going to be he should be highly motivated for that that game. Yeah. The the other thing I'll say is uh, Varane is coming from a from a Real Madrid team that that is has been susceptible to the counter attack. They they have not been good against counter attacks, and coming to a United team that is also like I. I in that sense, that's the one area where I don't think Varane is, is a perfect fit for United. Yeah. Um, I think we'll be given the taste of our own medicine. <laughs> we have been known to yeah. be teams on counters totally. and uh, looks like uh, Bruno Lage will look to do the same thing. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. And this, this question, I think, yeah, um, uh, it, it's been a low scoring game and United have always historically struggled against Wolves a lot of times. But then, uh, the junctures aren't. Uh, I wouldn't take it much in the picture because uh, uh, Bruno's debut game was against Wolves. That was a, a draw, nil-nil draw. And then the last time we played Wolves, it was before the Europa finals, which was uh, our second string side, which uh, Mata played and Mata scored a penalty. 
that's the only penalty which uh, a player other than bruno took for united last season so i wouldn't read too much into this game being a, a low scoring a low scoring one united will look to win this because of course a draw against southampton was again uh, something that's not expected at any cost wolves to are without without a win without a point so far it uh, so they will look to get some points before they go into the break so this should be this should be they should have a goals i think they should have quite at least couple of goals uh, in my, in my opinion i i agree i think it's been a historically it's been a low scoring game because um nuno espirito santo he he's led the league in in counterattacks for the past two or three seasons and united have been playing a counterattacking style so two counterattacking styles uh coming together it's it always ends up low scoring but bruno lage is going to push he's going to especially he's just going they're going to run in midfield so um that that could have unite anyway I'll, I'll, there are there are some more stats i'm going to get to let, let me get to the next slide yeah, here yeah. and we'll look at some stats uh, some ways that that um that wolves can can attack uh united here hold on oops um sorry not not next slide there uh wolves attack versus man united defense wolves joint most most chances most chances from counter attack Now they're not playing a counter-attacking style, right? But when you press in midfield, especially in central midfield, you win the ball and it leads to counter-attacks. Um and I I paired this with this stat from United and United have the joint most dispossessed has been with 30 dispossessed um and they have the third most unsuccessful passes. These are two elements that lead to counter-attacks. So yeah. there's counter there's a counter-attack where you sit in a shell and explode right uh when when you win the ball and there's a counter attack where you buzz around the middle and you win the ball and then then you break kind of from midfield so we're going to see two different counter attacking styles in this game and and I think I think Wolves pressing United could see some um that that could lead to trouble definitely and yeah. half of that stat could have been more than half of it could have been from the Southampton game from uh Fred in uh, Fred contributing himself to those uh yeah it, it it's it's crucial uh, on how uh, fred performs on the day uh, because it revolves around him so so yeah it's going to be an interesting watch um okay this all right uh next that i have is world wolves third most shots in the box with 26 but united have the joint fewest shots in the box conceded with 6 uh so this is a matchup that doesn't that this one doesn't match up very well right Um there's a question here in the chat that kind of relates to this by Sankal asks uh hi Gabriel what has been your observations of Wolves attack are they as attacking as pre-season large planks style analysis suggested um what well, what I would say to this is they're not I, I think Laje is they more they're more attacking than Nuno certainly Laje wants to attack but I think in pre-season he was they were a little bit loose and reckless because it was preseason whereas in the season they're they're not overextending themselves in in the attack they're they're kind of like pressing in midfield and exploding from midfield how how do you see wolves attack this year so far sorry yeah i think that's what every every season before every season uh, before it starts a lot will be talked spoken about uh, how teams perform in a, a preseason fixture uh, but of course bruno laga tried to uh, get his team running and uh, there was too much talked about that being them being too open and being too uh, 
too uh, wide uh, in in the central areas for teams to be uh, looking to exploit. But then I think they held their line fairly very very well against uh, uh, Wolves, except for that. Uh, except uh, for uh, sorry against Spurs, except for that penalty, I think. Uh, they were very strong defensively i think uh, i think they want to want to ha- want to have a safe start to the league rather than uh, try going attack right from the beginning of the season yeah. mm-hmm. and then the last stat i have here is wolves and, and this was this is a pretty damning one i find wolves have the sixth highest um, X, that should be an X, not a C. <laughs> it was late yeah. last night. Huh? Six, six highest XG with 3.15, but the fifth lowest expected goals on target with 1.63. Um, thank the the Adama Traore effect. Yeah, <laughs> I think he, he been, yeah he could have been the sole contributor for this this uh, anomaly uh, right in front of our screens. I think he had a one-on-one. He had a lot of, quite a lot of chances, and I think the commentator rightly pointed out, saying he's got everything in him except for finishing, and that was uh, quite evidently seen. He gave uh, Tanganga a run for his money, uh, and I think that poor lad was uh, run over the entire game trying to uh, hold him in his pockets. But then, yeah, uh, he couldn't finish. I think he's there in terms of shots, in terms of uh, XG per 90, and all of that. But then uh, he hasn't been able to finish. Uh, if that changes and Raul Jimenez coming back to his full strength, I think Wolves will have a, a great time in front of the goal. But then, yeah, someone pointed that saying, let's hope Wolves start scoring. I think one or two goals for them will boost their confidence in terms of finishing, in, front, in terms of uh, uh, creating chances. And that should, one should bring in many. So, hopefully, uh, Adama uh, gets that going. Yeah. You know, on Adama Traore, and, and I'm going to write a piece on him probably tomorrow. Um, he, I, I think. I think the problem is he's getting the ball a little too early. He has too much time to think to think with the ball, okay. and yeah, and and when when he does that, he he's never been good. He's he's always been better playing by instinct, right? Or like his his one move outside, and then he crosses it back in. If he gets that ball back, and then a one time finish, he they need to look for him and give him less to think about. I think. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll see we'll see if Laj if Laj can can make that adjustment. Yeah. Um, I think he's overcommitting himself uh, for uh, overcommitting himself right before and taking a lot of time to think of what to do. And I think that's yeah. never good for a uh, for a finisher. Yeah. yeah, and and he's never been good one v one. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I've seen that other day as well. Yeah, I think it would have been a fairly straightforward finish. I I think he should uh, straight to uh, Sas hands, and I think that's. Yeah, that, that sums it up. Here's a question. Um, just before I move away from the matchup and onto the captaincy, uh, best Wol- best Wolves 4.5 million defender, Cody, Kilman, Marcel. What are your thoughts here, Surya? Yeah, I think uh, Kilman will lose his place uh, whenever uh, Boli comes back. And I think Markal is fairly nailed. But then, yeah, I would... Uh, I would go Cody, but then he has literally uh, zero uh, attacking output. Mostly, to, it would be uh, in terms of defensive returns. And as we discussed up uh, in the previous sections, I think uh, uh, the goalkeeper situation is fairly something that needs to be looked on. I would, I would rather stay away from them for for some time at least. But then, if it was one of these three, I would definitely go Cody. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I would. I would, I would 
want to add is that uh, Semino looks to uh, have improved slightly from what we've seen uh, seen from last season so far. He's been moving forward quite a lot of times. He created a couple of chances for uh, Adama as well. And his touches in the penalty box have gone up considerably. I think I saw a big man to tweet about it recently. So, uh, of course, he's, uh, he's still an over-expensive asset. But then, yeah, I think he's improved attacking-wise as a fullback. Uh, what was expected uh, from a fullback that's joining from Barcelona last season. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. I think if I was... If I... I was going to invest in a Wolves defender for for that good run of fixtures. It wouldn't be a four, one of the four fives. It would it would be Semedo. But then again, there are other like I don't know. It, it, he'd have to show me something first, right? Um, let's see. Okay, we're we're moving on. Uh, that's it for the Wolves Manchester United matchup. Um, I, I will touch more on it. I will touch more on it in. Um, when I do the captaincy, and that's what we're going to do next. So, captaincy. This is from FFX. Uh, just uh, this is their their comparison matrix. It's nice because you can put, you can choose the stats that that you want to look at, um, and you can you can put several players in there. That you're not just comparing two players. So the players that I chose to uh, to compare today are Mikel Antonio, Bruno Fernandez, and Hongmin Son. Um, they, so this is the stats per 90. Um, they have touches touches in the box. Fernandez three, Antonio seven, some 3.5 per, per 90. Uh, big chances created. Uh, Fernandez 0.5, Antonio one, some zero. And th- this this stat I thought was interesting uh, because we're usually used to seeing uh, Bruno be the creator, and that has changed a little bit. And I'll. I'm going to go into why when, when I get into the Bruno stuff. Um, I threw BPS in there just, just to take a look here. Bruno, 34. Antonio, 53.5. And Son, 17. Um, Antonio running away with that one. And we see here, Antonio's running away with all of these stats, right? FPL points over 10. So, Halls. I'm looking at Halls here. Uh, you know, it, it's it's two game weeks, so it's hard to tell. But um, but Antonio is Hall in both game weeks. Oh, more than 10 points in both game weeks. Um, shots on target there. Um, two for Bruno, three for Antonio, one for Sun. Any any early thoughts on the stats here between the three? I think it's a landslide. It I think uh, it's it's too good to uh, uh, to ignore Antonio at the moment because uh, they from what we have seen they have done so well. Uh, I think uh, a lot of me, uh, I think a lot of us, including me, uh, were foolish enough to. Uh, disregard doubling up on West Ham. I think that was uh, that was my strong uh, ignorance of uh, not doubling up on any attack, which uh, led to that particular decision. But then, yeah, he started. He's now West Ham's highest scoring uh, Premier League player ever. So I think he's going to look to score a lot more. But one thing that I would like to add about Bruno Fernandes as a player is that I have seen him uh, for some time at United now, and uh, as a United fan, I would like to point out the fact that. Whenever United play bad or they lose a game or they draw a game uh, or miss out on points, United looks to bounce back uh, together as a team. But then Bruno as this player really loves to come back strong. And I think uh, that 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 factor of uh, 
wanting to win this fixture uh, against Wolves will be very uh, strongly linked with uh, Bruno. And I think it's it's all psychological. Not there's no stats backing or no uh, matchups to uh, look into this. But then United will look to bounce back, and then. Uh, uh, Bruno is a different kind of an animal when he's uh, highly motivated and he's on his day, he's lethal. I think we saw that on uh, Leeds. He gets one of his goals and one of his assists and then he's, he's simply unstoppable on that particular day. Yeah, Yeah, he does have... And, and then on the flip side, right? You, you look at Antonio, do you expect him to haul three times in a row? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I remember this particular uh, scenario as well. I think there was an early kickoff last season. I think around game week 24, 25. I think uh, we all wanted to captain Antonio because the matchups was so so good, and then he ended up not having a shot on goal at all the whole game. So uh, I think yeah, it's it's again foolish to say uh, without any matchups or any stats backing to say uh, he'll not haul all of a sudden. But then the chances of a big haul. Three times in a row is is going to be uh, a bigger ask for. Uh, uh, I don't know, but yeah, he's also being now uh, willing to play for Jamaica. I think he'll be away on international duty too. So there's a lot of things around that particular area. But then uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if all of us uh, jump on the Antonio boat and then <laughs> if we get a blank, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Uh, so there, there was something that was being discussed. I think it was on the black box, and they were talking about flipping a coin. Like that <laughs> every every time you flip a coin, right? That the that it's always going to be fifty percent, right? Chance that that it um that it's going to be heads or tails, right? Yeah, and, and, and that result is independent of the previous flip. Yeah. So if Antonio has a good matchup this week, then the chances are that he will get a haul because is is my question is. And more of a philosophical one, I guess, is that flip really, truly independent of the previous ones? Yeah, I don't know that it is. <laughs> so, so if if, if, yeah. if, that, if that's true, if every flip is independent, right, and it doesn't have to do with any of the other results, then getting five hundred heads in a row should not surprise us, because every yeah. time you go to flip, there's a fifty-fifty chance that it could be heads. I okay. think I don't know. I, I think I think the. I think every flip is connected to the previous flip. I think there's some kind of karmic connection there. I don't know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to go Antonio. Um, in, now, Antonio, I'm, uh, the Antonio analysis is an eye test one. I, I did like several different types of analyses for, for, the, for the captains here. Um, and the, the, what really struck me is the way Antonio and Ben Rahma are playing together, right? Um, so in this one, it's the ball comes kind of flying up. It's it's falling there. So for the podcast listeners here, the ball is West Ham is coming on a counterattack against Newcastle. The ball is in the air and it's kind of falling, maybe about I'd say 15 yards outside of the of the 18, so about 33 yards out from West Ham's goal. And Antonio has come to check to check for that ball to receive it. Um, Obviously, if Antonio comes from the nine to receive the ball in that deep lying area, there's a space in behind him. Uh, ben Rafa recognizes that space, and and he he has this understanding. He knows immediately to run past Antonio. He knows Antonio will win this ball, right? He he'll be able to collect it, go past Antonio, and fill the space that Antonio has just created for him. 
And they, this kind of like the, the way the understanding that they had, it's it's not like just one player or another that's doing well. It's in, in their understanding. I think that's really responsible for their success. Um, the next slide shows it's kind of a, I, I advanced it quite a bit. So we're we're looking at about 15 yards inside the Newcastle half of the field now. Ben Rahma has the ball uh, kind of towards the left on the left side of the field. Um, he's Antonio has gotten him him the ball through another pass, but. He got he got him the ball. As soon as Antonio releases that ball, he runs in kind of central, and he's kind of at the at the right by the right by the circle, running into the the space behind the Newcastle defenders because the Newcastle defenders are checking towards Ben Rahma. Um, the, I, my note here is enjoy the hamstrings while while you can because Antonio is at full stride here. Um, he can only do this while while healthy. So maybe an eighth of the season we'll see this. So we so get on him early uh, so you can enjoy these. And then what I'll say is that the finish here. Um, so Ben Rahma passes the ball to Antonio. It's a zigzagging pass up the field, slices the Newcastle defense. But the pass from Ben Rahma to Antonio is is kind of slow. And then Antonio's first touch, touch takes him a little wide, but his finish is just he, like he rockets this thing in the um, in the kind of in the corner of the, the the opposite corner. And the stats that I wrote here that that just kind of solidify the eye test for me for Antonio is he's first for XG with a two point four five after two games, but he's also first for expected goals on target with two point nine five. So in two games, he's added 0.5 XG to the shots when on target. Um, which shows just he's 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 an XG monster. He eats up XG and adds adds it when when he shoots. Um, I didn't look at, at Crystal Palace so much. I think Crystal Palace is mostly because Crystal Palace is a team that I think we still don't quite understand. Um, they've only conceded one big chance, um, which which I find really interesting. Um, but they are also a team that like to have the ball and play. So if Ben Rahma and Antonio can kind of take advantage of the space, um, I, th I think I think they could they could bang here. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Palace as a team are still looking to uh, uh, gel together, and there's a couple of more signing ins coming in. So uh, one stat that caught my eye was in fact uh, Palace conceding a lot of chance on their left, which is uh, on their right, which is uh, West Ham's left, where. Uh, Ben Rama plays, and 67% of their chances and shots were conceded from the right, uh, left and uh, right hand side of them, which is uh, left for Ben Rama. So I think this duo will continue to do that, and uh, yeah, and they are. I don't know when they build this brilliant chemistry between them, but then uh, uh, the the connection between these two is phenomenal. I think it's uh, too good to ignore and too good to very good on the eyes to watch. So I think that should continue. So. Uh, yeah, but this slightly gives me uh, thinking of uh, Ben Rama might be a better option for captaincy than Antonio. Of course, the factor of penalty is coming in the picture. Uh, but then, yeah, this uh, the whole of uh, Crystal Palace being slightly wobbly on their uh, uh, right and uh, that being a strong area for Ben Rama. I think uh, he, he can cut and shoot and he's, he's known to shoot as well. Uh, he loves to shoot. He, he scored a wonder goal in preseason against Brentford. So, uh, uh, so my I have a picking I have a liking for him as well as a captaincy option uh, but of course this has a huge uh, upside of him not being on penalties and uh, uh, and Antonio uh, being on one but 
maybe uh, he cuts in uh, maybe palace try to concede uh, may concede a penalty by uh, making a challenge on him that could still get you an assist you you never know but then yeah on the ice i think uh, bernama 2 is, is is in course for a very good game again and and that right side that palace is right side i mean ward is a problem isn't he he's a problem yeah player. yeah yeah that that's that and and it's it's compounded because as far as the midfield goes that's where um that's the side conor gallagher plays yeah and i i i'm super impressed with conor gallagher i i i've liked what i've seen um i like what i think he's a great signing for them but he him playing on the right side and then ward playing kind of in behind him even though gallagher is in central in midfield 3 um i think that's what makes that right side quite weak yeah and and based on that i think uh, yeah Benny has a, a great potential for a bigger role again but uh, yeah this, this again has a, a coin flip decision to be made because that is penalties and that is going to be uh, maybe a few of them as well so you never know but then yeah on the ice it should of course continue the partnership between what uh, antonio and bedrama have as well. yeah. um the other thing i'll mention is the joaquim anderson didn't play uh in palace's first match right and he's the right-sided center back so maybe that created some weakness there as well and yeah. the stat may be a little bit inflated yeah, again, the sample, yeah. again the sample size is small but i i i can't deny i i think ben rahman would be a really sneaky kind of fun captain yeah. um yeah. for for a brave soul um bruno moving on to bruno now we have this messy screen um and again this is this is also from fantasy football fix they have some interesting heat maps and what i like is uh what i'm using here is the passes heat map notice that i'm comparing now here i'm comparing bruno and paul pogba and for those on the uh listening on the podcast i have uh bruno's um passing map and pogba's passing map just to show that that pogba really has and this is you know not news to anybody probably is Pogba's taken up the left side and Bruno's taken up the right side um but a couple of things I'll mention here is one if you look at the the types of passes of each player Bruno's passes are mostly short to intermediate passes while Pogba's passes are intermediate to long passes um so when they are on and this is something I I wrote about the effect of Pogba on Bruno last season in FPL matchups and one thing I noticed is when Pogba's playing and he was playing on the right at that time um Bruno was getting pushed to the left and when Bruno got pushed to the left he was turning more into a creator and he had less goal threat last season so now it's it's really interesting what Ole has done here because Ole has he's flopped them right he's he's he's, he's flipped them here so now Pogba's playing on the left and Pogba has been more the creator and you can see that in his four assists and Bruno's playing on the right and when Bruno has played on the right he's been more the the attacker he's going to goal so you can see in the short passes he's combining with players right he's combining with players like Greenwood he's combining uh, <coughs> pardon me with Wan-Bissaka on the right hand side um and short passes and what's happening here and I'll show it in 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 the next map here um but but the the number of passes they're making is the same which I find interesting yeah. um usually a player that makes short to intermediate passes will make more passes in a game yeah um and i think that's that makes that concerns me a little bit about bruno um because i i i think if that continues um 
then he will be less involved. If you make short passes, he either needs to be making more passes to be more involved or start making different types of passes. Um, we also don't know how the inclusion of Sancho is, is going to change yeah. this dynamic. And that's, 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 the big, that's the big X factor here. Um, how have you seen your, your team with this kind of setup? It's yeah, I think, yeah, as you rightly said towards the end, uh, this might change uh, with Sancho being uh, coming in, starting from the right hand side, because uh, once he's once he's there, uh, he'll be the person making these uh, short passes, and that releases some amount of uh, uh, pressure or uh, necessity of uh, Bruno to build up uh, play as we move forward higher up in the pitch into the opposition's final third. So that as that comes down, he should uh, go back to being that uh, that person who's trying to create more. Or, uh, take his uh, more of half chances. Now it's more of trying Van Biska trying to cut inside and uh, Bruno's trying to hold the width by uh, being just stationed outside the box in case if he if he misses out. So uh, so yeah, I think this is still early days. But then uh, for the first two weeks, it's been Pogba being the more of the creator rather than uh, Bruno Fernandes. And of course, this might change with Sancho in play, which is very likely from this week. Yeah. Um. Cool, cool. So just to answer this question, we have a question from Matthew Boyd. He asks, which website is this? Looks really cool. Uh, this is fantasyfootballfix.com, and this is their, their heat map section. Um, the the kind of shaded areas is stuff that I added in just to highlight kind of the, the passing. But this is actually the only site that I know of, and I you'll, you'll, you'll see here uh, shortly that I use – we are site agnostic here at Net That Hall. We use whatever tools we can we can get our hands on. We will use. Um, and but uh, Fantasy Football Fix is the only one that I've seen that has the uh, the passes the the passing map. And and I really like this because it it kind of shows the just the thinking behind behind the play and and um, and the and the movement there. So yeah, fantasyfootballfix.com. All right, move on to the next map here. Okay, here I'm showing, this was interesting, passes in the final third. Um, th this is Bruno's passes in the final third compared with his passes received heat map. Um, so passes in the final third actually look quite similar to what we would expect them to look like historically. So where we look at the passes map, it's a, it's a little bit different. Passes in, in the final third looks like traditional Bruno, right? Kind of right in just outside of outside of the box um and kind of aligned swinging the play back and forth from left to right but in the passes received heat map there's a new area which lights up um where bruno's receiving passes and it's very high up the pitch on the right hand side um it's for the podcast listeners just to describe it here it is on the right hand side between the box and the and the sideline but um closer Closer to the to the end line, like inside inside the, the line of the box there, if, if you know what I'm talking about. So what I what I've identified here is this is the Greenwood effect. Greenwood, even when he comes in from that right hand side, he's his movement is so good. I, I think he's developed so well. He's dragging defenders deep into the box and creating space for Bruno to exploit a little bit higher up the field. Um, do you now, Surya? My question to you is. Will this continue? Do you, do you see this continuing when Sancho enters the fold, or will Bruno be kind of shifted more centrally again 
and and this area should be more for Sancho. Yeah, I think yeah, this is still early days, and of course, uh, we as a team are still trying to not uh, still trying to figure out our best eleven. Of course, until Rashford is fully back fit, we will not see that because once he's there, Pogba might get moved back as well. Uh, with Rashford taking the left spot too, so you never know. But then, yeah, uh, Sancho has been bought for this very specific reason. The chances that being created from the right hand side from an actual right winger has never been there uh, for quite a few years now, four five years counting. That has been never a natural winger. Of course, we had pe- people like uh, uh, James, who who who's more of a, a straight run at the goal kind of player. To uh, you, you, uh, you, 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 you better use as a counter-attacking player. But then, yeah, Sancho is specifically brought for this reason to hold play on the right-hand side and uh, station there and create those chances. So this should change, uh, in at least in my eyes, and uh, this should allow Bruno to drop back to just outside the box centrally, where he's known to be thriving, where he's known to uh, make those assist, uh, attempted assist, or just uh, go on if there is. Uh, a shot at goal directly go at it. I think that was the Everton game when he uh, surprised everybody else from just outside the box. He's he's so lethal with his uh, with the shooting. So I think once he's back there, that should start changing. This should this should change from this week at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree. I think that's going to change. I think Sancho's going to take up that position. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Bruno the effect of Bruno playing more centrally will be. Um, Neho in the chat here says this week uh, um, Van de Beek is likely to start with Fred in the midfield, uh, not McTominay. So we'll see what how that changes the team as well. I hope he plays yeah. well. Okay, Sun. So now the the Sun one is really quick. I am mindful of time here, so I'm going to fly by a little bit. Um, I I put the Sun match up here. This is from fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. Um, again, this is a, a team comparison tool, which I find really interesting. Um, uh, the, the one thing to notice is that the defensive stats on the left side of the screen there are reversed. So the bigger the defensive stat, the better. And notice Spurs is going up against Watford here, and Watford has better defensive stats than Spurs. And they're better for shots in the box conceded. They're better for shots on target conceded, better for shots in general conceded, better for XG conceded. They have the same big chances conceded and the same overall shots. Um, no, that, that, that's on the attacking side. So I, I don't know. I, I think Watford um, might be more difficult than, than, than we may be thinking. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go here. This is this is Sun. Like the, the matchup doesn't work out perfectly for Sun. Um, the first map we have here is a passes received heat map for Sun. Notice how Sun is playing a lot on the right hand side. Uh, we spoke about this last week on the matchup show. He's connecting a lot with Lucas Moda on this side. Um, <clears throat> with Kane coming back in now, now, and we all expect Kane to start right away. It, it'll be interesting to see if Kane takes up this role that Sun's had. Or, or if Son keeps that role and Kane does something else, Kane maybe plays more of a target the way Jimenez was because Son, Son wasn't playing that target the way the way like Nuno used Jimenez. So maybe maybe Kane will just float around the middle, or maybe Kane will link the play from midfield. I think all of that is a big mystery yet to be seen. But but what I want to focus on here is so if Son is receiving passes on the right hand side along the the sideline and and at the at the top of the box there. 
if we look at the chances conceded from Watford, they don't concede much down their left-hand side. Most of what they concede is down their right-hand side, which is the opposite of Sun. And there's a, there's kind of a big patch right in the middle there where Sun could maybe see some, um, some, some action there. And Spurs have been creating chances from all over the field, to, to be perfectly honest. But it just I, I'm not enamored with this matchup specifically for Sun. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I think the, as you point out, Watford's defense numbers look better than uh, uh, Spurs, and I think I would agree with that. A lot of uh, noise has been made uh, made out of uh, Spurs' defensive assets being good enough for this particular period. But then I would like to point out the fact that uh, if there was a better finisher for Wolves, I think uh, Spurs would have been in a lot of trouble. I think they created lots of chances, uh, and they weren't defensively strong enough. I think. Christian Romero is finally fit to be back playing. I think that pulls Davis and Sanchez out of the team. Uh, so that should uh, add some stability. But then uh, as much as uh, a very good attacking fullback, uh, Serge Rigelion is, I think, okay, or Rigelion, as you say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, he was finally caught out a lot of uh, a lot of games against the uh, Bulls as well. So I think, yeah. Uh, this doesn't bode directly well, so uh, there has been there has been no uh, statistical backing to this, and also the uh, eye test and your uh, matchups doesn't bode really well for Son. And with Kane, there is no penalties too. Of course, that wasn't with that with Dele Ali too as well. Uh, I don't think I I think I would not captain him if I have had him in my team. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. And here, DM is asking, Son, Captain Game Week 3. I have Son, Bruno, Salah, Antonio, and Benrahma. Who should I captain? And that's the big question this week. Um, I can't tell you who to captain, to be perfectly honest. I can't even tell you. I can't even make the decision for myself at this point, I think. Um, but but let's, we'll go through some of the more information. You can decide for yourselves. Yeah. Um, oh, before I get to that slide, uh, the one thing that I, that I wanted to mention is Spurs concede a, a lot of chances, as you mentioned, from the, that left side where Reguilon is, is pushing forward. As an outside, I actually like uh, Ismail Asar as, as a bit of a differential this week. I, I think he's going to return and get at least one return. I'm, I, I'm using him in the uh, FPL 5 aside game. Um, that's put on by the FPL escapades, which which I love that game. It's where you try all the players that you would never get, um, like Chris Wood. Um, so if uh, play that game if if you're interested. It's a lot of fun. All right, that'll do it for the matchups. Um, I'm mindful of time. We're gonna get right here. So please, uh, Netta Hall has been. Oh, sorry. Bear with me one second here. So. Uh, Netta Hall has been uh, we've been nominated for an award as you know the Football Content Awards 2021 um, vote via the link in the description below right this is this came as a, as a big surprise Surya I have to say and we're really proud of this nomination if, if you look at our competitors uh, they're the big whales of the FPLC the uh, the you know and, and, and we are the, the little minnows so get in there Get, get the minnows growing, 
help us help us win this help us at least get nominated we'll make it to the final three right um so go to uh what, what's the the link in the description go to that the link in the description go to the uh fantasy football section and best in video now best in content what is the best in content is that what it is Surya, for all of us yeah, i think it's best editorial yeah it's best in content Yeah. Best editorial. I mean, there's there's no contest here. It's obviously all about <laughs> FPL. Um, I mean, not only is it the best editorial, but it's free. Yeah, it's we're 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 here for the people. So um, so help us help us with uh, get, get that vote in there. And I don't know if I'm supposed to play a video right now. Again, <laughs> this is <laughs> nice seeing you. Uh, uh, you small take, yeah. <laughs> I am. So so here's wait. It says um, talk around this. and then play here's here's the ad so i talked around it and here's playing the ad <laughs> hey everybody mariner here um just to let you know that net that hall have been nominated in the football content awards 2021 for best in fantasy football slash video it's quite an amazing feat for us because we've only been going since game week 20 of last season and i think it's fair to describe our competition as pretty big and also as minnows if you're thinking about this as an FA Cup match but you know there are giant killing acts and little old net that hole and our amazing haulers punch massively above our weight don't we so with a bit of help from you who knows what we might achieve so let's quickly walk through um what um and how to vote okay so first of all head across to the footballcontentawards.com/voting and what you'll see within that page is if you head down you'll see the fantasy football section which is about halfway down you see the podcasts you see the videos you hit net that hole and with respect to editorials let's not forget our all about fpl friends who who were also nominated as well so what are you waiting for give us a vote and thank you very much indeed So what are you waiting for, Surya? Get in there. Get your vote. Okay, we are moving on to the next section here. Finally, is this the next section? Ah, <laughs> I can't. This we're going super long. Um, so holding the fort in the engine room, as always, the aim is netting those hauls, predicting those elusive clean sheets, and in doing so, we will identify the trap of the week and a hauler. a defensive asset with the possibility of a double return we crave but first let's see how our calls went last week here predicted two and a half goals man city it, it's hard to take credit for this one right but hey we got it right so we're going to give us a check mark um, man city obviously destroyed norwich um let's see The matchup two and a half goals Liverpool Burnley we thought um plus no match 49% for for two and a half goals for uh or above failed due to a borderline VAR Little Prince Little Prince bang we are two out of two for the Little Prince um now in in fairness I I don't know I think maybe the the clean sheet was easier to call here I was I was hoping for a Virgil van Dijk uh headed goal turn um but i'm going to claim it anyway because a return is a return and that is what we we crave he got one return though not two we'll take it and and then another slam dunk but 
This is the same one, right? <laughs> anyway, enough said. Here we go. Um, ah. 2.4 matchup for Brighton defense. Drafttown had them at 48% for a clean sheet. And another correct call. Although we were a bit unsure about this one, right? And how did our trap of the week go, um, Surya? Well, yeah, Colin Calvert-Lewin is just uh, he's a, it was a, it was a trap fail back against Dominic Calvert-Lewin at your own at your own peril. Game week four, anyone? Game week four. So this was the trap did not trap. Um, and then the defensive haul of the week. Defensive haul was a big fat trap, Surya. Big fat trap. Yeah. We had uh, Joao Cancelo. Um, he did not. He did. He did, definitely did not haul for us. Um, wrong one. Diaz was the one to go. Oh well. Next time we move. All right. This is the current FDR for attack updated after game week two. Again, I, I'm not going to go into um, the inner workings of the of the FDR. We do have previous podcasts. Mariner has covered that extensively. I will just go for um, just in in general. We have we'll go for the top five. Uh, from top to bottom, and then I'll go to the bottom five from bottom to top. So the top five, Liverpool. Um, this is this is home. Liverpool is ranked number one with one point one. Man City number two at one point two. Manchester United number three at two point two. Chelsea number four at two point four, and Everton number five at two point six. Counting from the bottom up, Crystal Palace is bottom despite. Oh no, this is for attack. Hold on, I got a cough. Give me one sec. Oh, pardon me there. Uh, bottom four point uh, with four point eight. Then Brentford at four point three. Um, Arsenal is third from bottom at four point two. They're actually tied with Norwich. Arsenal and Norwich attack are tied according to Mariners metric at four point two. And then we have Wolves at four point zero, mostly because they can't finish. Um, this is this is home attack. Now away away is interesting. Um, Chelsea move up top. From, from fourth, they go top at 1.2. Liverpool move down to second at 1.2. Um, West Ham go from about seventh to fourth here when they when they play away. Their attack is uh, 1.4. Uh, Manchester City, they drop a little bit to 2.3. And Manchester United drop a bit to 2.6. At the bottom, away attack is at 5.0. Worst of the bunch, Watford. Uh, Norwich at 4.8. Crystal Palace at 4.6, Wolves at 4.5, and Brentford at 4.4. This is the uh, the long range, the long range outlook for for the uh, for the FDR from game weeks three through seven. From attack, the best matchups for attack are for um, Liverpool at 2.2. Then West Ham at 1.7. Then Chelsea, interestingly, uh, as, as everyone claims to wait on Lukaku for 1.6. Then Manchester City with 1.3. Then Manchester United with 1.2. Um, let's see. This is so that's best for attack game weeks three through seven. Syria, anything stand out here? Just in the long range attack. Yeah, I think uh, Leeds actually stand out to me in, in, in terms of long range. They're just outside the top five. Uh, 
I think their fixtures turn except for game week four where they play uh, Liverpool. Uh, they have all tasty fixtures. I think Burnley, Newcastle, uh, Watford. I think those are all uh, very good games for uh, for lots of Leeds goals to happen. I think Leeds is the one that has definitely caught my eyes at the moment. Of course, the other ones are fairly ones that uh, call themselves uh, Liverpool, and of course Chelsea sitting high up in terms of one point six is is a very very great. Uh, uh, indicator of how things could go. Uh, I've been uh, repeatedly telling people uh, that uh, the Lukaku that we now see at Chelsea is not the same one that used to play for United a couple of seasons back when he was termed a fat track bully uh, in terms of not scoring goals against uh, a lot of big big oppositions. Uh, those are the times when he was still developing and uh, he was, of course, played in teams that are more defensive in nature under Mourinho. Uh, it, it's it's all changed now. So he's he's a striker at uh, at his very best at the peak of his career. So I think uh, he will still continue to go score one or two goals throughout this uh, tough period of run of fixtures for uh, uh, Chelsea. And in my eyes, it doesn't even look that that difficult because uh, they say changes Chelsea fixtures change at seven. But then you have games like uh, Aston Villa, Southampton still there. Spurs is again. Uh, I wouldn't call it as a very uh, tough, tricky picture. So it should be only Liverpool and Man City in the next uh, five. That's I think tough. So yeah, uh, Lukaku should be a very strong. As said, Arsenal meanwhile, woeful, absolutely woeful. I think uh, at the very bottom. I think uh, uh, things doesn't look sunny there for, uh, for them. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you know what? What stands out to me is contrasting the. The way Mariners FDR looks at Chelsea's fixtures quite positively at 1.6. Yeah. Compared to Everton's fixtures, which are exactly neutral at 0.0. Now, the the chatter in the the Twitter community is hold off on Chelsea because their fixtures are not good. Get Calvert-Lewin because his fixtures are good. And I guess Mariners FDR is is contradicting that, that view. Um, which I find really interesting. It, you know, that looking at this, it makes me second guess, um, second guess waiting on Lukaku. But yeah, I think that's what I've been preaching all along for the last couple of days. That uh, if you feel Lukaku is, is going to be a good FPL assert, this set of fixtures is not going to stop you from getting him in. That's that's strongly my suggestion. I think. Uh, uh, the Wire Boys also had a very strong debate slash discussion around uh, Lukaku being an asset. So if you think he's he's the uh, he's the talisman for that particular team, and they are going to build a lot of chances around him, how it's all Werner is going to play off him. That's going to be a lot of uh, good goal scoring opportunities that's going to be developed uh, uh, by the Chelsea side. And I think Lukaku is going to finish all of them. He's he's, he's become a great asset for Belgium. He's he's shown. Uh, a lot of uh, credibility in the in terms of being a leader, in terms of uh, standing up for the team, and I think he will look to prove his haters wrong that he is capable of scoring goals in a big game. And uh, to be honest, I have two transfers. Uh, it's not going to be an easy route for me to bring in Lukaku, but still, uh, Lukaku is really, really uh, uh, being wanted by me in my in my team ahead of DCL. Yeah. I have, that's interesting. I, I guess the, what would give me pause on Lukaku, and, and there's some mention of it in the chat here as well, is is the potential signing of Cristiano Ronaldo by Manchester City. 
Now, if, if Manchester City signed Cristiano, does that, do you second guess your Lukaku move? Do you, do you go for both of them? Do you just do you smash that wild card? I, yes, I that, think that's what gives me pause. Is that sign? Yeah, I, I think if Ronaldo goes through by, I think it doesn't, it won't happen through the, uh, through this week, of course, at least. Uh, but then, yeah, if it goes through after the uh, game week three deadline, and of course, I will see a lot of wild cards being smashed over the international break. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, if you ask me who's better, uh, a 30-year-old Lukaku who's at his prime playing for a team that creates so many chances and is nailed to uh, start, or Ronaldo who's who's, who's fairly uh, towards the fag end of his career, uh, who's going right into the pep roulette uh, <laughs> uh, matrix, I would definitely prefer uh, Lukaku, uh, even though the fixtures slightly look wobbly. Yeah, Interesting. I- I don't know if, if uh, Cristiano is going to stand for being rotated, but um, I, I, I'd love to see that. No, I know, I, I, uh, the point is that uh, he will not be rotated uh, because of uh, his position and all of that, but he's still getting old. I think Premier League is a very uh, physical, uh, physical league and he's not been here for more than 12, 13 years. He's last been in 2009, so a lot of things have changed. I think he has to get up to the uh, physical demands of this league. I, I know he's, he's one of the most... Uh, Fittest, strongest, and hardworking athletes the game has ever seen. But uh, yeah, that factor and along with Pep's rotation might. Uh, see, you have two players. One is nailed. One is their their top striker. They bought for hundred million. I would definitely prefer that one over Ronaldo. Yeah, even this coming this this has nothing to do with me being a United fan being salty that he might move. Sure, I'm sure there's no, there's no bias in there at all. So I'm not I'm not getting that at all. Like, oh, since since he's left the Premier League. He's been soft. He's like, it's like, <laughs> uh, um, um, I, yeah, it, I, I see your points. I definitely see your points. What I like about it is that it's another differentiator, like Ronaldo coming in. Um, so that, that'll be very interesting. Um, Mariners notes here that West Ham have improved uh, up to 1.7. Chelsea have improved, obviously, since, since Lukaku has come in. And Man City have dropped a little bit. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Okay, long... Moving on then. This is long-range defense. So in defense uh, from game weeks three through seven, the best defensive matchups are for Brighton at one point at one point four. Second is Manchester City at one point zero. Then Manchester United at zero point nine. Then Chelsea at zero point eight, and then Everton at zero point five. Um, I guess I guess I missed the bottom ones in the long range, but why why do we care about that? <laughs> So Southampton is bottom at minus two, Leeds minus 1.3, which is really interesting. But again, um, Leeds' defense has been atrocious this season so far. Newcastle at minus 1.1, Brentford at minus 0.9, tied with Crystal Palace at minus 0.9 as well. Um, Brighton have, have improved. Uh, they, they got the, their clean sheet. Um, and West Ham have improved from minus 0.8 to 0.0 in terms of their defense. What are your thoughts here on the, the defense long-range matchup? Uh, FDR, sorry. I think, yeah. Again, Chelsea is the one that really stands out for me in spite of the uh, fixtures list that is in front of them. Uh, and, yeah, of course, United haven't kept a clean sheet yet. So that should change while on also starting the Tourette's instability to the the defense, uh, Brighton, of course, they are uh, converting their XGC uh, uh, 
uh, expected clean sheets to actual clean sheets finally this season. So that's particularly flatly uh, changing as well. So that is that might be a strong case of uh, doubling up on right and defense too with uh, Duffy in the mix for a couple of uh, more weeks uh, uh, than expected. He's of course 4.1 now, but still uh, uh, that's a very uh, that's a decent shout of uh, doubling up on right and defense uh, and. Uh, it doesn't look good really well for uh, uh, for a uh, Luke Eiling owner uh, seeing Leeds being ranked 18th in terms of defense. It doesn't bode well at all uh, in front of my eyes. Yeah, I think that's how Everton too are surprising, uh, being fifth with 0.5. Uh, I think we wrote a blog saying hold Dean for the next couple of weeks at least uh, in in the buy wholesale section, and I think. Uh, this relates fairly with that. Uh, yeah, I suppose Everton should start keeping uh, clean sheets. Godfrey is also expected to be back in game week four. That should strengthen Everton's defense a bit more. Uh, yeah, I think that summarizes the uh, long range defense in, in, in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, Everton, I think Everton stood out to me as well. Um, yeah. At, you know, what are they, fifth here at, at 0.5? But what, where would Everton be without Michael Keane? Without yeah. those mistakes, right? That that yeah. led, that led to goals. I I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, they, yeah, they, they could have a decent defense. The the yeah. other the other the other one that I'll mention here. Um, and again, we we touched on it when we did the captaincy thing and the matchups is Watford. Yeah. So the the other the last stat I'll give for for Watford and what turns me off um, from putting Son as a captain is Bachman. Bachman has. Um, an XG prevented of minus two, so he's he's prevented two XG. Um, he's his goalkeeping has you know has he's has continued from from the Euros and and that that could make things difficult. But again, remember how clinical uh, Spurs yeah. uh, or uh, Son and Kane are specifically. So they haven't hasn't been that way yet, but um, but that could happen. So yeah, Watford is a big surprise right there in the middle for me. This week's matchups. All right, let's look just just this week. Um, so we have for attack the best matchup this week is uh, Chelsea, two point two. Uh, second best is Man City at one point nine. Then Leicester at one point eight. Southampton at one point five, and Burnley at one point four. Worst matchups counting down are the the. The worst matchup is Arsenal, minus 2.2. Then Everton, minus 1.7. Then Crystal Palace, minus 1.1. Then Brentford, minus 1.1. And Watford. So Watford, Brentford, and Palace are all at negative 1.1. Everton and Arsenal there at the bottom. That's that's, uh, that's quite interesting. So for for attack, Chelsea right there there at the top, huh? Yeah, I think we keep saying this coming back to again Chelsea's attack. I think we've run out of words to display yeah, right, that. To describe that. Um, <laughs> what else? Another thing that stands out for me here is Burnley. Burnley and Southampton towards the top there as well. I think the hopes of uh, Luke Island clean sheet is again down the drain for me as as the things stands. Yeah, look at it was not the four point five million to go for. Yes. I think Brighton in the longer run and as well as in the shorter run have a, a very good defensive record. I think that that also stands up uh, uh, for me defensively. So that is uh, 
one thing worth noting on for someone who's trying to replace Simikas with uh, with Duffy that that should uh, that should at least give you a far enough good confidence to start them both uh, to go with yeah Chelsea mm-hmm. I think yes uh, yeah. And the the other thing I'll mention is Everton is quite low for those for those managers that brought in Calvert Lewin to avoid the pri- the price rise. Uh, I think he rose to eight point two last night. Um, just keep in mind you probably sold things. Um, so you're you're looking at a tough matchup this week. Um, but hopefully hopefully he can still he can still bang on the defensive side. The best matchup this week is Manchester City two point two, then Brighton one point seven. Uh, then West Ham 1.1. Well, West Ham, Villa, and Spurs are all at 1.1 on the defensive side. And then the worst matchups defensively are Liverpool, minus 2.2, are bottom. Then Arsenal, minus 1.9. Then Norwich, minus 1.8. Newcastle, minus 1.5. And Leeds, minus 1.4. Thoughts here, Surya? I think uh, as a Harvey Barnes owner, I think uh, Leicester being third on the attack and Norwich being third from the bottom on the defense, uh, Looks very, very uh, tasty, at least in terms of numbers. I really hope he starts because he has uh, taken off at 63 minutes. And this is the last chance I'm giving uh, giving him in, as a run out in my team. So that that's something in terms of matching the attack and defense uh, really stands out for me. Uh, yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle again are, are, are bad, I think, that is, uh, uh, that's seen in terms of defensive numbers. Uh, but yeah. The Norwich Leicester game is something that uh, is very, very, very intriguing in my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, Newcastle is so bad that, that that's probably why Leicester or Leicester uh, Southampton sitting fourth there in the in the yeah. attack at FDR yeah. for this week. Uh, yes. Again, that that is something we will come to um, yeah. later later as well. I think this strongly makes a case for Armstrong too. Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about it later. Yeah. yeah. These are the zonal matchups, and there are some really interesting ones here. Uh, ones we we've talked about. Just um, so th- this is an FDR that that Mariner created. Um, just j- judging specific areas of the field, left, center, and right, uh, and it's uh, chances created from that area of the field versus chances conceded from that area of the field. Just, to, just I'm just going to read some standouts, both positive and negative here. Um, Let's see the okay. We're I'm gonna go on just from top to bottom. Um, Aston Villa could see some some decent action on the left hand side against Brentford with the with the matchup of four point three. But just so you know, the matchup goes from zero to five. Um, the higher the number, the better the matchup. So Aston Villa with a four point three on the left hand side against Brentford. Um, we have just outliers of Brighton through the center against Everton. Um, could be interesting. Um, Burnley against Leeds. Burnley is a 4.5 on the left and 5.0 against Leeds through the center. You know what, you know what time it is, right, Surya? Yeah. It's, it's time for that wood. Um, I think like the time for the wood. Double-digit call and surprises all my I think 4.5 and 5, I think it's a very great number. I think, yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, the services can come from, from the left there. And, hey, it, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Saria. Just like you said, it's time for Wood to hit that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we have the, the Chelsea-Liverpool matchup. On the left-hand side, Chelsea's left-hand side, could Timo Werner score a goal? 
champ team over in Sporogol. We'll see. Uh, it's definitely a good matchup for him this this week if he starts on the left-hand side. Crystal Palace against West Ham have a matchup of 0.8 through the center. Um, so for for the three Benteke owners out there, um, maybe look elsewhere. Look, um, <laughs> and then, uh, then we're looking at Everton-Brighton. Everton could see some action to the left with a matchup of 4.0 on the left against Brighton, which is very interesting for Dean owners. Uh, Manchester United against Wolves. Positive matchup of five point through through the middle. We've we've mentioned that already. I'm going to go to the greener ones here. But look at Manchester United against Wolves on the right hand side. One point five. It's very low. On the left is quite low as well at two point eight. Um, but on the, the right is super low. And that's where is Sancho going to start? If Sancho starts, that might be where he plays. But if Sancho doesn't start, this is where Bruno plays. So I think yeah. a little captain could be quite risky if he is playing on that right-hand side. Yeah. Leeds 5.3 through the center against Burnley. So again, that, that one's just going to be like right up the spine that game. Um, uh, we have Newcastle attacking Southampton's right-hand side with a matchup of 5.0. Looks quite tasty. Norwich, no matchup. Don't get any Norwich attackers. No matchup for Norwich is tasty. Moving on. Um... It says Southampton, Newcastle. Um, all matchups are red here. Look at this is the one I wanted to get to. Uh, Watford, Watford against Spurs. Watford right hand side. This is the best um, zonal matchup of the week. Is Watford right hand side against Spurs left hand side at six and that's why I mentioned that Ismail Asar call. I I like Ismail Asar quite a lot this week. I unfortunately I don't own him. Um, and then the last one is Wolves' is right-hand side against Manchester United. And on the right, I think that's what uh, Trincao, Trincao will, will be playing on that right-hand side. So maybe more of a Trincao game than a Triore game on the left with a matchup of 2.5. Um, let's see. That That's the attack, right? And then... This is, and then, then the long-term attack. Just in the interest of time, I'm not going to go over the long-term attack too much. Uh, one thing that stands out, though, for the long-term is Manchester United center. So Greenwood can really kind of just kind of like hold that spot. Um, that would be great. And then West Ham's left. Again, you were talking about Ben Rahma in that, in that area, uh, Surya. Um, so Manchester United center and West Ham left for game weeks three through seven are... are Kind of zones, uh, zonal matchups to target. Boom, moving on. In focus, this is City against Arsenal. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to do the rest of this in ten minutes, so we can take we can take some questions here. Um, we got uh, one comment here about Wood. I did post about getting more Wood looking at everything. Um, maybe instead of posting that, uh, throw that one in the DM there, Tavindra, posting about your morning Wood. Maybe, maybe that's better for private messages. Um, but let's go in focus here. Uh, City against Arsenal. Um, obviously very positive for City. Home attack FDR of 1.2, which ranks second best. Um Arsenal away defense is 3.1, which is fourth best, which is which is quite interesting. Um, then we uh, hold on, bear with me one second here. Will I bring this up on this side? Uh, let's see. Draft has uh, plus two and a half goals at 43%, which is the highest. 
and Arsenal Arsenal clean sheet at only 10%. Um, the 2021 zones matchups that, that you see there, they suggest left and center for City at 3.4 and 3.5. And the zones suggest left and center again, more likely. Um, or the, the, sorry, the 2021-22 zones suggest the left than center more likely for City as well. Um, so I would look at, I think, I think Grealish could see some good action here. Um, in, in this matchup, Grealish owner should, should be like in this matchup against Arsenal. What do you see here? Comments here, Surya? Yeah, I was, I was always uh, more glued to, uh, from an itis perspective of, uh, uh, the City right wing, uh, player who's going to start there, of course, uh, against Tierney because Tierney was caught out quite a lot of times, uh, against Chelsea. But then, yeah, uh, I think through the center and through the left, I think it's more of a Grealish game rather than more of a Maris or Jesus or whoever ends up playing right wing for uh, uh, Man City in my eyes. Of course, uh, of course, I think scoring five is not going to happen. But then I think still City will finally score at least three goals, at least in in my opinion. And uh, it looks, it finally looks a very good game for uh, Jack Grealish as an answer. Yeah. Mm. I, I would suggest we haven't really seen the true Arsenal yet. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal come out quite tight and, and Arteta kind of plays plays his mentor a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I get the feeling that City aren't going to steamroll Arsenal here, but I, yeah. I, I know that I'm, I'm very much in the minority with that um, sentiment. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, in focus, Liverpool versus Chelsea. So it's a plus 2.2 matchup for Chelsea at Liverpool. This is the data without Lukaku, remember. Uh, Draft Town has Liverpool clean sheet at 31%, Chelsea at 29%. Draft Town, two and a half goals, Liverpool uh, 22%, Chelsea 14%. Um, the 2020-2021 the zones matchup suggests good matchup for Liverpool center at 3.6 and Chelsea right at 35 0.5, but tight everywhere else. You see, you see those numbers there. The the, the only two green ones. 21-22 zones um, really suggest more joy for Liverpool down the wings at 4.0, and more joy for Chelsea um, in the left and the center, as, as we talked about before. I'm not sure. So, so Mariner says that you know he's not really buying a KG one here. Um, <laughs> he thinks they're going to go for it. High scoring. Chelsea to score two and a half goals or more. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think maybe this could be the game Werner redeems, redeems himself. Uh, probably uh, looking at what the uh, matchup is there for four on the left for both Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I think there should be a lot of goals. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm, I'm still sticking Lukaku to score ahead of Werner for this particular fixture. Yeah. Right on. And uh, another one here, Brighton Everton. Brighton, oh, sorry, I've got the wrong screen up here. Here we go. Um, one plus one point seven matchup for Brighton defense home against Everton. Um, Draft Town has Brighton clean sheet at thirty eight percent, Everton at twenty nine percent. The 2021, uh, 2020-2021 zones matchup suggests Everton will struggle to create chances. Um, however, the 2021-2022 zones suggest Everton creating more down the flanks and in the center. 
Everton left versus Brighton right 4.0 looks looks quite good, which we, yeah. we've already mentioned Dean. Um, and then Brighton, it looks like it's just consistently good through the center here. Um, but again, Brighton don't have that center forward, do they? So yeah. how, how, how do you think Brighton will take advantage of this, of the, the good matchup centrally? I think, I think Mo, it is said that Mopa is back in training today. So I think he might still start. Of course, he's not a proven striker. Of course, he's known for his far share of drama. Uh, yeah, but what strikes me is that uh, Everton left and Brighton uh, right. I think that too bodes well for uh, an attacking perspective of Dean uh, and DCL. Uh, yeah, but sadly, I, I don't see a lot of teams having a Brighton attacker as well. Uh, you, you're scraping for chances there. So, yeah, I think I have not nothing more to add here. Yeah. Okay. Top of the week. Welcome to Potter World. So uh, last week we we backed against uh, DCL. Uh, Mariners like the DCL is the trap of the week, and I mean the the joke was on Mariner as DCL just uh, just played his 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 brains out. So he's saying that this week the trap is going to be the opposite of DCL, and it's the manager that's managing against DCL. Uh, what do you think of the trap of the week being Brighton, the Brighton, the whole the team in general? Defense, attack, all of it. I think they are finally moving from the ex expected world to the real world. I think their uh, <laughs> expected numbers are changing. So I'm not sure about calling them a trap. I can definitely term their attack a trap. But uh, as a Sanchez owner or someone looking to double up on a Brighton defense just by the numbers shown a long term and short term, I expect them maybe surprisingly hold a clean sheet against Everton. Uh, you never know, but then yeah, uh, their attack is something still not. I'm not sold on. Yeah, right. And I, I don't know. I, um, I guess the slides got mixed up a little bit somehow yeah. because because what, what's coming up next is uh, is another in focus, and this one Spurs Watford. Um, I'm just gonna run through it super quickly uh, and and then move on just in the interest of time here. Uh, plus one point point one because we we have spoken about this. Where basically the, the thing to highlight is. The, obviously, the uh, the attacking difficulty for Watford is going to be difficult for them. Although Spurs have been con uh, conceding chances, or, or sorry, the the attacking difficulty, uh, the attacking benefit for Watford on that right hand side where Smela Sauer plays, but it's not a, it's not difficult anywhere else. So, moving on. Here's so. This is a special reveal. Instead of the Little Prince pick of the week, I'm moving on to the novel The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, and so the alchemist of the week is Adam Armstrong. I spoke about him last week. I spoke about how he finished the, the championship. He was the only major goal scorer in the championship last season with an expected uh, goals on target higher than his expected goals at the end of the season. Um, he has the fifth highest expected goals on target this season with 1.32 with only the 12th highest xg of 0.88 and their opponent his opponent newcastle has the highest expected goals on target conceded 5.4 and the second highest is leeds at 4.3 so it's a big big difference between the expected goals on target conceded from newcastle which is the most to to leeds which is second most and the quote i have here from the novel the alchemist is it's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. 
So Adam Armstrong, new to the Premier League, his dream is going to come true this weekend with, uh, with some nice returns, um, thanks to the expected goals uh, on target conceded um, stat, in my opinion. Any thoughts on Armstrong? You like that call? Yeah, I think uh, he's finally someone interesting. Uh, you mentioned he looked earlier. really good. I think he he looked really good against United. I saw the whole game. Uh, I think at six million, probably people hopping off. Uh, Tony, I think he's 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 a very good asset. I would definitely have him as my SMS too. Defensive Hall of the Week is Vladimir Sofal. There he is. I think uh, this is very exciting because I own him in my team, and uh, yeah, this is this, this should uh, a big haul is something that always he's eluded uh, right since he's come to the Premier League. So maybe a double-digit haul finally with the with the Nasser stand a clean sheet. Yeah, uh, I think I don't see Crystal Palace scoring with this kind of a matchup. I think uh, maybe a Nasser somewhere uh, should do wonders for him. Yeah, I agree. I own him as well, and I'm hoping for the best here. I unfortunately have his assist points on my bench this past week. Um, but his his attack is a plus 1.2 in attack, plus 1.1 in defense matchup. On the back of a great result in game week two, West Ham's flying. No Europe yet. Um, as far as the zones go, West Ham expected to create down the flanks. They're crossing a lot. Um, 3.4... Um, uh, what is it? 3.4 per 90 in 2020, in 2020, 2021. Higher in 21, 22. They have 4.5 crosses per 90. Um, or 4.5 on the left and 4.8 from, from the right. Um, so his, I think it is set up for a, a nice uh, Sufal haul here. Oops. Strategic partnership, Surya. You want to tell us about our strategic partnership? I think I think that's something. I think strategic in terms of telling. Uh, of course, we uh, we touched this upon in the FCA section as well. I think uh, both Anetted Hall and all over FPL go hand in hand. Our aim is to create quality content for the community. That's by the community and that's completely free to access. Uh, that's what we've been trying to do here. And uh, yeah, we are running short of time. I think we can skip this. Uh, Gabe, yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. No, I think it's just what I mentioned. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I have to play. I have to play. No, you can. You can move. The next slide came. The algo section came. Are you craving more FPL content? Then look no further than allaboutfpl.com. Head over there for weekly articles from some of the top content creators on the planet. So what are you waiting for? Head over to allaboutfpl.com, the website for all your FPL needs. All right, there we go. We, we have to get the what are you waiting for in there, Surya. Um, <laughs> the fans ask for it. They demand yeah. it. And, and rightly so. It's, uh, it, it, I need that ring in my head all day. Um, so we are moved now. We are moving on to the the algo, the Mariners algorithm eleven. Algo eleven rules team and value initially uh, one hundred point five million. Now it's, it has increased a little bit. No more than three players uh, with more than thirty percent rotation risk. 
no more than a double up in, in goalkeeper defense or attack. Minimum 3.5 expected points per 90. Final 15 shortlist by algo and budget. Captain and vice captain imported from the metric and selection by form. Here we go with the algo 11. So for the podcast listeners, I will read. Is it like cut off or something? Oh, yeah, it's cut off. Hold on. It's cut off, isn't it? So I'm going to have to see it from here. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell who's on the bench, unfortunately. But we have Sanchez in goal. Alexander, this is this is last week's, right? This is last week's. Yeah, yeah. My fault. So uh, the Algo got 82 points in game week two. Um, with uh, Sanchez, Trent, Aspilicueta, I think uh, Mariner blocked out Cancelo there uh, because one of uh, one of the um, the bench players came in. I can't. I think Mings. That would have been Mings that came in. Um, Dunk with six. Harrison with two. Sterling with six. Salah with six. Captain Sterling. Uh, Greenwood with ten. Werner with one. And Antonio with his sixteen. Here's this week's algo eleven. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so. We have this is the algo eleven for the for the podcast listeners. We have Sanchez in goal again against Everton. We have a double up in defense of Diaz and Cancelo for City against Arsenal. Um, oh, we also have the Brighton double up with Dunk. We have Dunk in defense. That's the back three midfield five of Mason Mount against Liverpool. Mares against Arsenal. Look at that with Bergvine making an appearance against Watford. Mane and Ben Rahma. Lukaku and Antonio up top. The bench is Steele for a cheap goalkeeper. Mings, Eiling, and Scarlett on, on the bench. Um, so, any comments here on, on some of the players that have come up in the Algorithm 11? Series? I think it's, it's thrown up a quite wide couple of players. I think Brighton double up as we spoke in terms of defense. Uh, Lukaku surprisingly, uh, not so surprisingly on the on the game, uh, on the 11, even though playing Liverpool. There is no Liverpool defenders, that's something to note. Uh, the, uh, the West Ham double up has also appeared, as it is, with uh, Antonio being the captain of the ship. Uh, yeah, I think Lukaku, uh, Bergwijn, I'm, I don't know how it appeared, so <laughs> I'll have to... <laughs> So you'll have to see what the uh, behind. It's still being, I know it's still, it's still a baby product of my uh, Chris. So it's still in development. So they still yeah. not know. But uh, one thing I can say is that you can trust this. So I think uh, that Lukaku in front is really enticing uh, to me. Yeah. Well, I, I think what Bergwijn, what's going on there is he has been involved in, in Tottenham's attack, and he is he, he has been playing on that left side, which we saw is where Watford is, is conceding more chances. Um, so so it, that it could be a function of that. Uh, who knows? Mane Mane really should have had at least one return in the past game, so I can definitely see why he's there instead of Salah, as far just from a pure uh, computational perspective here. Um, and the other thing I'll mention, and Mariner mentions it too, is the algorithm does not buy the trap. The trap of the week is Graham Potter, but the 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 algorithm here is doubling on on Brighton defense. Oh, I forgot to mention the captain for the algorithm is Antonio, by the way, with Lukaku as vice captain, interestingly. Um, so, captaincy, the captaincy metric, how we did last week. 
um, who is this week's captain from the metric, which had an 80% hit rate of last season, of course. And unfortunately, we do not have the um, – I hope I put, the, I hope I put the, the poll in the slides here, but we don't have the cap pick this week, unfortunately. Um, so we'll have to uh, forego that section. Oh, here, this is where I'm supposed to do the captaincy metric. All right, here we go. Uh, Captain C, unfortunately, it was a blank. Salah again, chose Salah again, as, as did most of us. Um, six points. That's to say that, that that clean sheet point felt good. Yeah. Really good, especially <laughs> since Bruno got the yellow and got, and got just think, one. I think that four points actually made something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, so the, cap, the, the metric is on a 50% hit rate after two game weeks. 40 points. Still, you'll take 40 points over two game weeks, right? Anybody would take that. Uh, yes, I did remember to put the poll. Here's here's how the poll worked out. Um, you can see it's much more spread out than, than last week uh, with An Antonio uh, winning the poll. And we do we do put the polls on the uh, community section of our, the YouTube channel, so please visit that and uh, and vote for, for next week's captain. Uh, Antonio wins out this week with 37%. Son has uh, 31%, Bruno with 21%, and Lukaku with 11%. So everyone really, the stats favor Antonio, the community favors Antonio, the algorithm favors Antonio. Oh, you're in so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the metric favors. And the metric likes, drum roll, drum roll, please. Just do it in your head. Mares. The big reveal, the, the, the player that know, that everybody wants to transfer out is topping the uh, the, the metric here. So again, yeah, I think player fair margin too. Uh, he's, he's, he's 91. I don't see metric throw 90 plus very often uh, in my time being here. Uh, I think that is really, really, really a high one. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. You you go on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's. It's it's I'm I'm a little bit uh I, I'm a little little bit flabbergasted myself. Mar is at ninety one, right? Ninety one. I guess I guess because because Arsenal are so poor, are they really that bad? Um, well, if we look here, look at the FDR, and I think that's what's. I mean, the FDR is one hundred fourteen point eight here. Um, just to read, let, let me let's read the the top five or so for the for the podcast listeners. We have Mar is topping the metric at ninety one. Antonio second at 82, actually tied with Lukaku. Antonio and Lukaku both at 82. And then Mane and Mount, interestingly, at 81 before you get to Sterling at 79. Uh, or sorry, Sterling at 78. Right? Salah at 78, sorry. Ben Rahma at 76. Um, but I'm, I'm looking for the for the um, the stat that's really propelling Mara is above the rest and form. It's the form. Even even in limited minutes, when when you get when you go onto the field, I think, and you play a small amount of minutes and you get a return, I think that that obviously that that inflates your stats, and it could be inflating Mara's form. 
because he because he came onto the field and scored a goal in, in limited minutes. So I'm guessing that's what's pushing Mares above the rest. But even Antonio and Lukaku, they're tied. Do you know who you're choosing for your for your captains this week? Sorry, or not yet? Yeah, I. Looking at the metric, I think Bruno is way way down. I think he's so down below jo- below Jota, below Wood. Uh, below below wood. wood. Below Wood. Below both the Woods, actually. Yeah, I think I think it should be between one of Antonio. But uh, you never know. Lukaku has been really tempting, and he's he's also that joint second, I think third. Uh, yeah, it should be it should be one of those two, which be Antonio or Lukaku. Yeah, that's all my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still undecided. I, I think when last season I had such a hard time with with Captain C that when I'm undecided, I, I'm I, I think I need to blindly follow the metric. Um, yeah. And go for the highest player, highest rated player that I have, which is Antonio. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably go with Antonio and yeah. be safe because my adventures don't usually pay off when it comes to captaincy. But just uh, also for the the podcast listeners, just for reference, Bruno is one, two. Whoops. 15. 15th. In the metrics. Um, so again, no no cat picks. So we'll just move it on here, and that's the show. <laughs> yeah, we did it on, under under an hour and forty five. I guess my my internal target. I think uh, uh, not too bad. Yeah. I think we we'll, we need to give Chris some explanation later. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now he has some. He's gonna have a lot to answer for from now on. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know I know there there aren't that many people or about twenty or less people in the chat right now, but uh, but if there are any questions, now would be the time to get them in there. We'll throw them up. I'll, I'll scroll here and see if we missed any. But we have been covering questions uh, kind of in the flow here. Um, if, give it just a few seconds here, be for some questions to populate if we have any. And if not, we will we'll say our goodbyes. Um, I, while, while we give it time here for questions to come up, the one thing I will say is um, FPL Crow's Nest. Uh, we'll, I'll get on the FPL Crow's Nest tomorrow evening, my time. So probably around 9 p.m. 9, or 9.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So you know, make your, the necessary calculations for your um, appropriate time zone. So we're not getting any questions, Surya. So let's let's end this thing. Yeah, I, mean. uh, I want to thank you. Thanks for for joining me. Um, I, I hope we didn't have too many too many mix ups mix ups here. At least we didn't hit any icebergs or or run into drive the ship into into any rocks. I think uh, we made it to the end unscathed. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks for all your help today, Surya. Thanks yeah. to all all about FPL, all about FPL, all about FPL.com. Please visit that site. Really, you're missing some incredible resources and articles if you're not visiting. Um, and thanks for joining us here on the Matchup Show. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. I think we did a bit of fan of good job in terms of landing uh, <laughs> it with uh, without matter, except for uh, extending it by 15 minutes at least. But then, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and let's hope the best for uh, both Ned at Hall and all of FPL at the FCS as well. Hopefully, we make it to the top three. And oh, yeah. We we have a, a, a question that came here, a captaincy question from Michael Ward. Son or Vardy captain this week? 
I think I think uh, I would like to point out no, uh, Leicester attack was better and uh, now it's defense was poor in terms of uh, the one week matchups. I would say Vardy uh, if you have Vardy of course yeah rather than Son. Son was I think uh, uh, below Bruno Fernandes in the metric 16th. So I would stick with Vardy in my opinion. Yeah. Stick with Vardy, huh? I I'd probably go Son. I just, I just I don't trust Leicester yet. And and there's just a bunch of troll juju going around Leicester right now. So um, I think I think I'd go with Son with a Kane returning. Team will be hopefully uplifted. Um, so so yeah. Thanks to everybody also in the chat. Um, and thanks for your questions. And please do join us. Do hit like. Do subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. And go net that hall, everybody. See you next week, everyone. See you guys. Thanks, Gabe. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Now you got to find the outro. Uh, I don't know where the outro is. Um, I'm going to do the, the opener. I can't find the outro.